Welcome to Spirit Speak, exploring the afterlife with Connie and Barry Strom. Your hosts are here to speak the words of the spirits and answer your questions. Now, here are Connie and Barry. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Spirit Speak, exploring the afterlife. I'm Barry Strom, your host. And by the way, happy Halloween. And I'm Connie Strom, your co-host. On our last show, we spoke with the spirits of three of the most intelligent individuals that ever lived. Albert Einstein, Leonardo da Vinci, and Stephen Hawking. They were amazing. And they gave us great insight into what's currently taking place in our world today. Today, we're going to have a very special show. Our guest will be a real exorcist, the Reverend Sean Whittington. He will tell us stories of his exorcisms, and that will be in the true tradition of Halloween. In view of the special nature of our show this morning, we will open the phone lines during the second and third segments of the show in case any of you would like to ask some questions of Sean. The phone number is 866-472-5788. This is a rare opportunity to speak with a real exorcist. Okay, we think we've got one of the most unique shows on radio. I use my gift of spirit communication to talk to dead people. Well, not in this case today, but usually. And we try to educate all that will listen to the miracle of the afterlife. Currently have over 520 videos on our YouTube channel, cover all aspects of the paranormal and life after death. Our YouTube channel is in my name, Barry Strome. Now, we are going to be speaking with evil energies. Well, Sean's not evil, but anyway, (laughs) we have no idea who's going to try to pop through on us. So I thought we would say our prayer of protection just in case. So, Connie... Let's say it, and then we'll bring Sean in, and away we go. Okay. God, please grant us your wisdom and protection. Grant us the knowledge that we can handle and keep us safe from all things that will harm us. Keep the messages positive and pure love. Keep us safe from our egos. We ask these things in the light of seeing, the unseen, and the honesty of God. Amen. Okay. So, Sean, welcome back to our show. Thanks for taking time to be with us. Take a, I, take a couple moments here and let us know a little bit about yourself. Well, you know, I love the both of you and I wouldn't spend Halloween with, I can't think of any other way that I would enjoy spending Halloween more than with the, my two favorite parallel birds on the planet. Um, I've missed you too. Barry, I'm so happy that you look and sound so much better than the last time we spoke. I mean, you had a really bad bout of COVID. And I'll be honest with you, I was a little worried about you. I was praying for you. And uh, I was a little worried for you because I've been there, done that. Sharon's been there, done that. We lost a lot of good friends over the years from COVID. And so I'm, you've, you've bounced back really strong. I'm, I'm so happy. Well, it's, uh, there's only one way to describe it. COVID's a bitch. You know, what else can you say? (laughs) It's, uh, (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> we're we're I mean we're still on inhalers and coughing things. So but he's still with us because he has not finished his to-do list for God. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I'm happy to be here, guys. You guys have me for as long as you want me, and y'all talk about anything you want me to talk about. I know it's Halloween, so happy Halloween. This time of year, you know what I get? Nothing everybody wants to reach out to me and ask me if I still celebrate Halloween, if it's okay to celebrate Halloween. Um I'm that, uh, I don't know if I told you guys the story that my wife and I, uh, we live in a haunted house. And after living here for uh, well over 20 years, 
everybody in the neighborhood is, that, that's been here that long uh, has come to know this is the haunted house in the neighborhood, and Sharon and I are the weird old haunted people that live in it. And so we used to go all out and celebrate Halloween every year, but then <clears throat> as the years went on, it got to the point where the kids were scared to come trick-or-treating, and we understood why. And the doorbell would ring, we'd answer the door, and there would be uh, the mom and dad up at the front door asking for the candy for the kid, and we could see the children down on the sidewalk. So we had decided at that point um, that we probably should back off uh, from celebrating it because, you know, if the kids are scared to come up here, there's no sense. So we got proactive, and we decided – I remember one year we baked soul cakes. And I took them around to my neighbors. Just, I mean, there's a larger neighborhood than just my immediate street, but um, I went around to my immediate street. I handed out, went to the doors, knocked, handed soul cakes to um, my neighbors. And then that was such a big hit that the following year, we baked a big batch of them. And we did give them to the few kids that showed up. I ate the rest. But we did give them to the few kids that showed up. Um, and we, they, you know, the parents would take them and hold on to them because they're like little miniature cakes, little pastries, and the kid can't put them in the bag, you know, to get all messy. But that was a big hit too. And um, a lot of people that don't know what a soul cake is, it's a tradition that uh, started in England, and they believe that it was children going around asking for soul cakes and the giving out of soul cakes by uh, the neighbors was probably what originally led to trick-or-treating. But it's a beautiful tradition behind the soul cake that um, the way they're made and the way they're prayed over and blessed, that every time a soul cake is eaten, a soul gets released from purgatory and sent on to heaven. So it's a beautiful tradition, um, religious tradition also behind the soul cake. And as I was telling Connie in the green room. It's, it's so funny that her and I are psychically connected this week on this soul cake song. I love it. And I don't know if you guys want me to recite it or not. Go for it. Go for it. This is the original official soul cake song, uh, traditional British song. Just don't ask Connie to sing it, please. And I'm not going to sing either. I won't do that to you or your audience. But <laughs> thank you. It goes like this Soul, soul, a soul cake. I pray thee, good missus, a soul cake. One for Peter, two for Paul, three for him who made us all. Soul cake, soul cake, please, good, please, good missus, a soul cake. An apple, a pear, a plum, or a cherry. Any good thing to make us all merry. One for Peter, two for Paul, and three for him who made us all. So the kids would sing that. They would go around, they would sing that, ring the doorbell, sing it. And then the, the person at the door in the house, hopefully baked a batch, would give the kids their their soul cakes because they earned it. So I, if Sharon and I go back to doing it again, I'll probably do that. But I just tell people, have fun. If you have a lot of kids in your neighborhood and you know you're going to get trick-or-treaters, it's everybody knows you're in the house. Why turn the – well, you know, having said that, Sharon and I will have the lights off tonight and we won't be answering the door. But, you know, if you have a lot of kids in the neighborhood, you know there's going to be a lot of trick-or-treaters. It's a shame to turn your light off and not, you know, 
welcome the trick-or-treaters. And if you have kids, you know, it's virtually impossible not to in, enjoy and get into it. Um, it's all for the kids. But just if it's all love and light and it's, you know, uh, treated that way, you don't get too, you know, devilly or witchy about it. And um, uh, it's just uh, kept as that type of a thing for the kids in a celebration. Then that's um, then I think it's a beautiful thing. But someone sent me a um, also this week a beautiful little saying, and I did not know this. You would think I would know this, but I did not know this uh, about all hollow tide. And um, it said the three days of All Hallows Eve, All Hallows Day, and All Souls Day are collectively referred to as All Hallow Tide and are a time for honoring the saints and praying for all recent departed souls. The term hollow means holy. You may recall reciting it in the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And uh, I, I thought that was beautiful when one of my um, my followers had sent that to me. So I say have fun with it as long as it's all about love and light and you're just, it's a little bit of a celebration for the kids, but you keep everything into perspective and don't get too, don't twist it and pervert it and get too devilly or witchy about it. Yes. Sean, why did you ever want to become an exorcist? <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I got, literally drug into this field, kicking and screaming. And even to this day, I wake up every morning and I always say a prayer that I never have to assist in or take authority over another exorcism again, because they are very frightening. It's a very dangerous, very ugly uh, thing to witness. Um, and whenever you're battling the devil and his his uh, cohorts, his his is uh, paranormal gangsters. It's very dangerous. It's always life and death at stake, someone's soul. And it's just a very scary, ugly thing. But I got drug into it, kicking and screaming, literally. My wife and I went to go uh, work a paranormal case many, many years ago. And uh, we didn't really, we were just having fun, paranormal investigators, ghostbusters, helping people with their paranormal issues, doing way more ghost hunting than residential cases, but we started doing more and more residential cases. And we went to go work this one case where this young newlywed couple had reached out to us. And what was happening to this young lady, she was, for lack of a better term, I'll turn it to get too graphic here. She was being raped by something that she couldn't see. And it was happening usually at night when her and her husband were sleeping, he would witness it too. And whenever he tried to jump in to intervene and help her, he would come under severe attack also. And uh, these attacks escalated to where she couldn't take a shower by herself. She could even sitting on the couch, enjoying a movie or some TV with her husband. The attacks may happen out on the back porch, having a cigarette, the attacks may happen. So eventually uh, the young lady reached out to me because we were co-workers. And I believe what had happened to her was where I was working at this animal hospital. It was very haunted. and There was a lot of paranormal activity going on. And I think something followed her home from there. But Sharon and I went over there one night. And I'll never forget it. I, I just bought a brand new 
high-def, full-spectrum video camera. And I went in there, and I'm panning around the living room. And I've got the little viewfinder popped out so I can see what my camera is seeing. And as I'm panning across the middle of the living room, I see somebody standing right in the middle of the living room. I look up, and I can't see this figure with my bare eye, my naked eye, but it's appearing on my viewfinder. I pan back across. It's still there. For lack of a better description, it actually looks like an angelic being, a glowing angelic being standing in the middle of the living room. I decide to walk through it. And when I walk through it, it's not a painful gut punch, but it's enough of a uh, – uh, there's an energy punch, if you will, to my solar plexus, and I kind of lose my breath. And I get like a charge, an electrical charge as I walk through it. I turn back around, and I'm still filming, and I can still see this uh, image on my viewfinder, but I can't see it with my naked eye. So I decide to walk back through this image. Same result, but even more intense. And my sounds like somebody popped a balloon, and my camera starts smoking, and it died, and I couldn't use it again. Um, long story short, with the camera, I ended up taking it back to the place where I bought it. And the first thing the gentleman said to me was, Would, was this camera in a fire? It was the craziest thing how my camera blew up. And then Sharon and I just looked at each other, and we knew that we were in for something that we weren't quite ready for, but we needed to help these people because the, the, they were seriously, uh, they were hanging on the edge of the abyss by their fingernails emotionally, and, and we needed to try and help. But it, it, it came at great cost. Uh, I'm going to get hate mail for this, but we used a Ouija board we didn't know any better, and we didn't even know really how to use a Ouija board, but we used a Ouija board for the first time in any case at this location, and things went terribly wrong, and we stopped the Ouija board session, and it was on our way home that night. I believe we opened some type of portal and allowed something that was there. We we gave it strength, and we did something unbeknownst to us to give it permission to attach to us and we drove home and we got a phone call on Sharon's phone at three in the morning, no caller ID. I said, it might be the client. You better answer it. She answered it. Nobody was there. But as soon as we got home, <clears throat> the haunting started and it was a very brutal, ugly two months that we went through here at the house fighting this thing in our home, unlike anything we'd ever experienced before. And so I reached out into the paranormal community for help. And God bless them. Wouldn't you know, this one time they did. And I got introduced to my then mentor, who's now retired. And she was an ordained exorcist. And she took me under her wing. And she helped me fight this thing and get it out of our house. And she saw something in me that I didn't see in myself after we had gotten this thing out of the house. She said, you know, I think you're being called to this. And if you, it's your decision, but if you want to continue in this field, I will take you under my wing and I will get you the appropriate training and we'll get you ordained. Well, you know, I'll be honest with you. I was scared, but I was also scared not to do it because if it ever happened again, I wanted to have the knowledge to be able to know how to fight it. 
So I said yes to her, and I went through the training. It was the Agape Christian University and the American Association of Exorcists, and I got ordained a, uh, an exorcist through that training and uh, continued on. But it came at great cost. Sharon, as you guys well know, she doesn't smoke, doesn't drink, no history of cancer in her family, but she was the main target of that attack. And it left her with three very rare forms of cancer, uh, tongue cancer, medullary thyroid cancer, tongue cancer spread down into her throat and became another rare form of throat cancer. And the medullary thyroid cancer spread into a lot of lymph nodes in her neck. And she wasn't expected to survive. She couldn't drink water for months. I uh, had a feeding tube in for well over a year, went from like 140 pounds down to like 90 pounds. It, it was rough. But that, that's what I want people to get out of this this story is that these things are very real. They exist. Um, and you just have to be very, very careful because they're very vengeful. They're very powerful. They hate us. They want to kill us. And um, thank you, Jesus. Sharon is still here with us by extreme divine intervention for that matter. But it was a very scary few years. I left the field, planning on not going back. Um, I helped Sharon fight for her life for a few years. But I had all these cases still coming in. And um, I had a very uh, moving incident one night where I came hey, home. Sean, <laughs> we're going to take a short break here. Sure, absolutely. And uh, when we come back, we'll have the phone lines open if anybody wants to call in and talk to you. Uh, numbers 866-472-5788. If you've got a question for Reverend Sean, he's here. If not, believe me, don't go away. You're going to love the rest of the show. So we'll be back in a couple minutes. Connie and Barry will be back after a few words from our sponsors. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. Is death the end of the journey of the soul or a time of new beginnings? Is there proof of an afterlife? What would historic figures say if they lived today? Psychic and channeler Barry Strom uses his gift of spirit communication to answer these questions and explore all aspects of the hereafter. Have all the information necessary not to fear life's final journey. Tune in to Spirit Speak, exploring the afterlife with Connie and Barry Strom. Tuesdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. Psychic and author Barry Strom has now published nine books dealing with supernatural subject from ghosts to aliens. His most recent books, Messages of God and Messages of the Prophet Muhammad for a Modern World, bring you the channeled messages of the founders of Christianity and Islam. 
Their words are intended to guide their followers through these modern times. These books are available in softcover and ebook on Amazon.com. Signed copies of all of Strom's books are available on his website, www.barrystrom.com. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. Welcome back to Spirit Speak, exploring the afterlife. Here are your hosts, Connie and Barry Strom. Hey, welcome back, everyone, and thanks for tuning in. Our phone lines are open if you'd like to talk with the Reverend Sean. It's 866-472-5788. And we will carry on. So, Sean, what, since it's Halloween, that's, I mean, we'll roll with this thing. The story you were telling us before is pretty uh, pretty far out there. But what is the exorcism that scared you the most? Well, it would have to be that one because I almost lost my wife. And yeah. to this day, it's a, a very scary thing. You know, she's stubborn like Connie is. Oh, no. I can't. Oh, my goodness, no. I <laughs> imagine you'd say something like that. You know, the wives are the boss and they are stubborn and, and they should be because you and I are out of control. And um, every time I go to work these cases, um, I'm, I'm you know, I know that uh, uh, there's they're not done with her. And if they they could have their way, uh, they would make us go through more of that torment. So I try to do work cases without her, but she's not having it. So it's a very scary thing. But, you know, I'm in the seminary now, so I kind of turned the page on that until I get ordained into the priesthood, probably this time next fall. Um, but I would have to say that case, because that case led into, I didn't know it at the time, but it led me down a half a dozen other cases where everybody that um, called out called to me for help they all knew each other either personally or professionally and they were all reaching out to me and what i know now that i didn't know then was all these cases were like the carrot being dangled in front of me and i was the horse and i'm working these cases going from one to the, to the next to the next thinking that i'm bringing closure to each, each case behind me but it was all building up to my attack and that was the plan all along uh this final case i was working um my colleagues and i we we've discussed this case many many times and they believe that i actually died and it was divine intervention that brought me back uh, this young girl who was um i get a lot of single mothers and single dads for that matter and some married couples that reach out to me that are having issues because they have a child that's being targeted by something and a lot of times these children uh, have some type of uh, psychological disorder with like autism or down syndrome and and um this young child uh she had one or one or the other i'm not sure which one she had but she was getting up in the middle of the night and the mother would sense something was wrong, and she would get up and go looking for her, and she couldn't find her. Then she would find her in the pitch black, sitting on the floor, staring at the TV, which wouldn't be on. And she would take the child and put her back to bed, and the child would say, Grandma's here, and she's protecting me from the man that hasn't, that doesn't have a face. Well, the child never knew her grandmother, so the, the, the mother knew 
that there was something she should pay attention to here. And, and the activity got worse in the home. They called me in. But it was one night I'm there alone with the mother. She sent the child on with some family members while I came to do my investigation. Sharon wasn't with me. And the the mother is sitting by herself on a couch in a dark living room. I'm in the hallway. And at the end of the hallway in the master bedroom door, I see this. I mean, there's no lights on. But this thing is darker than the dark. And it looks like a swirling black tornado right in the middle of this door. As I'm saying that to myself, it look, that looks like a little black tornado or a dust devil. It's on me. And I remember not being able to move. And it I felt the sensation of actually being bent over backwards, the opposite way from the way your back bends. Excruciating pain. Felt like I was being hit with cattle prods. And it also felt as though I was being lifted in the air, but I, I don't, I can't see any of this happening. It's just what I'm feeling. I'm um, getting terrible smells. I'm hearing what sounds like hundreds of people moaning and crying. And I don't know how long this happened, how long this, this uh, went on for, but eventually I woke up. And I'm on my back on the bed in the master bedroom. How I got from one end of the house to the other, I have no recollection. And the whole time this was happening to me, the 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 mother had no clue this was going on. She said, you never made a sound. But I woke up on my back staring at the ceiling. And I sat up. And I realized that I had defecated and urinated in my pants. And I know that that hadn't happened to me since I was a small child. But before I, I, before I, you know, came conscious, I had this dream that someone was speaking to me, telling me, pray, dummy, pray. And I, I argue with my mentor about this all the time. She thinks it was her psychically connected to me, fearing and knowing that I was in danger and astral projected those thoughts to me. I think it was my guardian angel who I've seen a couple of times talking to me. And the, the, the method here was they probably knew that I needed to hear a voice that I would recognize and listen to um, because I was probably if, if not dead, you know, about to be, probably about to die. And so I listened to that voice and I started praying. I probably said 50 Our Fathers and 50 Hail Marys, but then I woke up and that's when I'm on my back staring at the ceiling. But I was so embarrassed when I realized what had happened to me. I didn't think about, I must have experienced something so horrible that I just let go or maybe I had died. I don't know, but I had a jacket on and I took it off. And I wrapped it around my waist and I just went out and told the, I excused myself and I told the mother that I needed to go home and review evidence that, you know, nothing was going on tonight. It was slow. And that I thought she should leave too. I said, go wherever you sent your child tonight. And I believe it was with her sister. So why don't you spend the night there tonight? Um, which she did, but I went home and here I am a second time. I'm leaving the field because Sharon's still sick. She's still fighting for her life. Now, I've gone through an attack, and it was just a very, very frightening thing. I didn't know what else to do. And uh, then this all ties into um, 
to why I continued doing it. I, I just got some, you, you know how it is, Barry, you, you get messages from Jesus and God all the time. I, I, some things that happened to me that were direct messages from God, letting me know that uh, I needed to continue doing this. I needed to get back up on the horse and continue doing this. And, uh, and you don't say no to God. No, you don't. Sean, if I'd gone through that, I'd be looking for another line of work. (laughs) Just saying, just saying. Yeah. We admire your strength, Sean. Thank you. Mm. Did, did you ever attempt an exorcism where your actions had no effect on evil energy? Absolutely. I'm thinking of a time where, um, you have to be, you have to be right. You have to be, everything has to be right. And you have to be in a particular state of grace before you approach this, whether you're just assisting or you're taking authority over it, or you're just a prayer warrior in the room observing and just praying um, for a positive outcome to this situation. All present at these horrific um, battles need to be in a state of grace. So what I do is I usually make sure I go to confession. Then I go to mass and I receive Holy Communion. And then I go and I do my best. I have no powers. I have no magic powers. I don't have a magic wand. I can't walk into these places and, you know, wave this magic wand and make everything better. Um, I've been blessed to be able to use my discernment and allow myself to be a uh, vessel, if you will, for uh, the Holy Spirit to come through and do what it does at these locations and, and battle for me. And I'm basically there to put my arm around the client, draw my line in the sand and help them stand up against. And you, you worded it beautifully, these bullies. Um, and there's so much, they're so beyond just being bullies that it's, uh, I, I don't think I could adequately put it into, into words what these things are, but uh, it's, um, it's just a very uh, scary biz. And uh, I try to get get across to people that they truly are the ones that have the power to take their lives back. But they need to get God back in their life. Um, as a society, we've gotten away from God. You know that, Barry. We've, oh. we, we've gotten away from God, and we've gotten away from faith. And that's allowed these things to pretty much have their way with mankind at the moment. And the exorcisms are on the rise um the vatican even is holding many many courses and classes on it and ordaining many exorcists and sending them out to all the dioceses and it's just a it's just a it's a, just a rough rough time right now it sure is <clears throat> sean i'm seeing we have a phone caller uh patty from pennsylvania is on hold so let's take her call and see what she would like to speak about so patty you're on the air hi how you guys oh. how are you doing Hi, Patty. Doing good. Hi. So I'm not sure if I'll ever forgive you for scaring the bejesus out of me. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, Patty. I'll I'll add you to the prayer list. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm I'm painting my kitchen, and I don't know if my knees are shaking because I'm on a ladder or because of what you guys are talking about. (laughs) Well, it is Halloween, Patty, you know. (laughs) I know. So, as Barry knows, I I was attacked by an evil spirit, and I didn't know it at the time, but I knew something happened. And, of course, my first uh, 
action is to get in touch with Barry and Connie and find out. And I was surprised to hear his answer. I wasn't expecting that at all. And he told me what to do and that if I, you know, you pray, everything will be fine. And you kind of answered my question a little, but I was just wondering if, because I think there's so much evil in the world right now, if many, many more just average Joe people like me are being attacked while they sleep and they wake up and they think something happened to them, but they don't really know what it is and they don't have people like, you know, you, Barry, and Connie in their lives where they can get advice from. Do you think this is like something that's happening a lot? You know, it it breaks my heart to have to say absolutely, Patty, because my, my my phone never stops ringing. Um, The emails uh, are in the hundreds now. I'll never catch up to it. People, uh, really needing some type of spiritual advice, needing help with these paranormal issues. And it's all types of people. It's some, some of them are extremely devout religious Catholics that find Mm -hmm. themselves uh, being attacked. And then Mm -hmm. most people, I will admit most of the people don't really have a a religious belief system in place. And I'm not trying to convert anybody, but when these people reach out to me for help, I first get them to acknowledge that, to admit that you you're calling me because you're being attacked by something that's evil, and they agree, mm-hmm. yes, absolutely. I said then there has to be something of much higher vibrational power above us, watching over us. That's the opposite of that. And I I tell them you don't have to go and get baptized and become a Catholic. Of course, if they want to, great. But if mm-hmm. if whatever name you want to apply to that, whether it's God or whatever you want to apply to that, uh, you need to tap into that source and start believing in that and asking for help and just uh, you know believe that if you allow this angelic higher vibrational being of love and light into your life and start being the kind of person that you like looking at in the mirror and change your life, then things, there will be changes. And a lot of people, you'd be surprised how many people reach out to me, but they don't want to make those changes. They want the help, but they don't want to make the changes. Once you Mm -hmm. get targeted by the demonic, um, it is, you're in for a battle and you better be ready to hey, don't um, tell me that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you have to be. Yeah, I well, it's funny because when I, I was talking to Barry, <clears throat> he actually said it was kind of like my love for God and my belief in in God and heaven that attracted that energy to me because they hate that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I had the same thing mm-hmm. one time. I was in the shower and I got scratched on my leg. It was actually bleeding when I got out. And I just, I knew it was a a demonic energy. And I just said, well, I must be doing something right. I'm going to keep on. And I haven't been scratched since. (laughs) Say, you're not going to win. I mean, yeah, that's a good way of looking at it. But I do what Barry tells me to do every night. You know, I say my prayers. I ask for protection. And uh, I always ask Michael to protect me like he did that night. And, um... Like he said, all is well, and I'm going to knock on wood. <laughs> well, I'm going like I wasn't joking with you, Patty. I'm writing your name down as we speak, 
and I'm going to add you to the <laughs> prayer list tonight, and I'll also light a candle for you, okay? Oh, thank you. Patty, oh, you're, 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 feel free to, you know, if uh, Barry's probably one of the busiest people on the planet. If you <laughs> ever reach out to him and he's not available, feel free to reach out, try to get a hold of me. If you need some advice or some help, I'm there, I'm there for you. And um, thank you. Just, just I'm be very strong lucky because Barry and Connie have never let me down. <laughs> Nor have no they let me down either. I love I them. <laughs> I know I do too. I do too. Yes. And I'm glad they're all getting better. <laughs> yep, <laughs> you hope so I'm like, it's well. Halloween time, but you can't scare us like that, Barry. It's not funny. <laughs> yeah, I can. Yeah, I can. There are some, Patty, anyway, there are some things that are out of your hands. <laughs> I, mean, I, I know, uh, obviously. But thank you for taking my call. Okay. And thank, thank you, you Sean, call. for adding me to your prayer list. And Barry and Connie, thank you for everything, as always. And um, stop picking on Connie. Connie has a beautiful voice. I find it very soothing. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Patty. Patty. Bless you, Patty. Just don't ever ask for right, Please. <laughs> All right, thank you guys. Happy Halloween. Okay, Happy thank Halloween. you, Patty. Same to you, Patty. All right, let's uh, let, let's take a little break here, and when we come back, the phone lines will still be open, and we got a lot more questions for the Rev. Thank you. Connie and Barry will be back after a few words from our sponsors. <laughs> a little birdie told me Voice America is on X. <laughs> Voice America TRN. Psychic and author Barry Strom has now published nine books dealing with supernatural subject from ghosts to aliens. His most recent books, Messages of God and Messages of the Prophet Muhammad for a Modern World, bring you the channeled messages of the founders of Christianity and Islam. Their words are intended to guide their followers through these modern times. These books are available in softcover and ebook on Amazon.com. Signed copies of all of Strom's books are available on his website, www.barrystrom.com. Voice America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today. Is death the end of the journey of the soul or a time of new beginnings? Is there proof of an afterlife? What would historic figures say if they lived today? Psychic and channeler Barry Strom uses his gift of spirit communication to answer these questions and explore all aspects of the hereafter. Have all the information necessary not to fear life's final journey. Tune in to Spirit Speak, exploring the afterlife with Connie and Barry Strom. Tuesdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Welcome back to Spirit Speak, exploring the afterlife. Have a question for Barry or their guests? Join us on the show at 866-472-5788. That's 866-472-5788. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everybody, and thanks for tuning in. I hope you're enjoying this as much as I am. One thing about when you got Sean with you, you learn something, and there's sure. no doubt about it. So, if you go, our phone lines are open, 866-472-5788. If you have a question for the Rev, 
So, Sean, welcome back. It was nice to hear from your friend, Patty. I can't wait to light a candle for her and say a nice prayer for her later. Um, I didn't get a chance to ask her what part of Pennsylvania she's from, because Sharon's from Pennsylvania. She's from Philadelphia uh, area. Oh, very cool. Oh, and so are you two. I just remembered. Uh, That's right. You guys are uh, near Gettysburg. We're near Gettysburg. We were near Gettysburg, yes. What a beautiful area of the country. And um, you guys came to Utah with your own ghost posse from the haunted antique store you guys used to own. I remember that too. We have all the ghosts here. We need. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. Me too. I'm going to send a few of them over your way too. Cause it's getting a little crowded here. Yeah, no, we're, we're good. We're good, Sean. We're good. <laughs> hey, have, have, do angels ever help you with an exorcism? And if so, which ones help you out? I am a big, big fan of, praying to your guardian angels. Everybody's got at least one or more. Trust me when I tell you they are real. They're here. They watch over you. They need you to ask for the help, though. I am constantly praying to my guardian angels uh, for help, constantly thanking them, constantly praying for them also. But I'm a big, big believer in them, a big, big fan of them. And yes, many times uh, I have felt um, their presence around me during some very ugly and scary situations. And like I said, I, I've seen mine twice. She looks like a very young Susan Sarandon. Like we're talking younger than probably when Susan was in the original Rocky Horror Picture Show. She looks like a very young Susan Sarandon. And she appeared to me when I was drowning in at a beach one time. And helped me get to shore. And then she appeared to me another time when I was, uh, I had, I was drunk. You know, I spent 20 years of my youth as a raging alcoholic and drug addict. And I was driving home drunk and I fell asleep at the wheel. And I was going to drive over a cliff. And she yelled at me to wake up and turn. And she was sitting right next to me in the, in, in the front seat of this truck and saved my life then. Um, and I do believe it was her again that appeared to me during my demonic attack uh, that snapped me out of it and pulled me back out of wherever I was being taken to. So, yes, absolutely. And I actually have a story in my I believe it's the ver- if, if it's not the last story in my first book, it's close to the last story in my first book. And I talk about a young girl who was possessed. Um, couldn't move she was confined to a wheelchair and i still actually have that wheelchair bound and in my garage here at the home but she was wheelchair bound after the exorcism no 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 longer bound to the wheelchair but at the end of that exorcism everyone there could see these angelic beings walking down the stairs from the upstairs to come into the room and just be present and help. And it was a, it was pretty miraculous um, situation that uh, everybody witnessed. And so they're there. They just need to be asked to intervene on your behalf and help. But absolutely. Yeah. They tell us all the time that if you don't ask, you don't receive. So, and prayer is the most powerful tool that you'll ever take into any situation. Absolutely. Yeah. 
know the uh I, I could do a cheap commercial here. My 10th book is about the archangels. So I had to slip that. You're, I'm so jealous of you. How do you, I worked my, you know what off just to get my two measly books out and you just spit them out. Like it's, well, you know what? I know what it is. It's the same thing. I got my two books done because I channeled, I did my own version of channeling and, the Holy Spirit took over, but really, like my second book, especially, Sharon said, you walked into the living room and sat down with several notepads in front of you, and you just started writing. And I remember you getting up to go to the bathroom and getting up to get something to eat and occasionally napping. But next thing I know, three months had gone by and you finished your second book when it took me like five years to do the first one. So you uh, have help. I know you have literally angelic ghost writers that help you with your writing and that's beautiful but uh i'm i'm so jealous of all the wonderful books you've put out and uh, i don't know if i'll be able to get a if i'll be able to spit a third one out spirit is telling me i need to do a child's children's book and i know people out there going to an exorcist doing a children's book but uh, somebody's telling me to do a children's book or a cookbook because uh, before my wife put me on nutricism the past 10 years or the past two years, I'm a pretty darn good cook. So I don't know. It might be a children's book slash cookbook. I don't know. But um, uh, well, it, it's so important that the young get educated. Because with people drawing away from organized religions, they're not getting the education in, in God that they used to get. I mean it's the changes in religion have been so drastic in the last 30 years. The intellectuals tell us there's no God. I mean, if, if there, there, there are so many people that present the concept of God, not existing. If you can't see him, he wasn't be there. That's what they think. And it's in, in comparison to how many people, are trying to tell you about the existence of God. And I mean, these kids would much rather put their nose in their telephones <clears throat> and text somebody. than here's the truth about what really is going on around them. <clears throat> so maybe the kid's book is a great idea for you. I mean, I certainly wouldn't draw away from it. And now that you're starting to channel yourself, you'll get help. You'll have writing guides. You'll have everything you'll need. St. Augustine helped Barry write two of his first books. Yeah. Yes. Open your, your ears and they'll talk to you. It's, uh, no, I mean, you're on a mission of God. You're on a rare mission. There aren't many people that go out there and do what you do. There aren't many people willing to take the chances that you take. So, I mean, you're in a very unique situation. So you're going to have all the help you need. I wish you guys were still back east. I'd invite you. I'd invite you guys to my ordination this Friday in Indiana. I would, but uh, if now that's a big if. <laughs> if I was back east, I would have gone. Absolutely, I, I, I absolutely know that you guys would have. Um, so maybe the next time, I, if I'm on, if I stay on the current trajectory that i'm on right now uh, i may be ordained into the priesthood this time next year and if that happens i may be able to talk my bishop into coming out to vegas instead of me having to fly back to kentucky 
uh, for my ordination. Um, <laughs> that'll make it a lot easier on me, money-wise, and uh, and just the. Uh, you guys know how traveling is not one of my favorite things. I don't travel well. <laughs> not like it used to be. <laughs> if it wasn't for God, I wouldn't be going. But I'm going to be ordained in Tell Indiana this uh, this coming Friday into the diaconate. I'll be a deacon in the United yeah. States Old Catholic Church. So I'm excited. But everybody's invited. I've got all the information up on my website and on my personal Facebook profile. So and like, and I mean that too. Everybody's invited. Um, and it's going to be a big event. Everybody's ordained, being ordained to one thing or another, whether the priesthood or the diaconate or taking their vows into the order of St. Benedict or what have you on Friday. And then one of our priests is getting married the next day at the chapel, the same chapel. So it's going to be a, a big weekend for the United States Old Catholic Church. That's great. Yeah. Well, sadly, time is flying by again, and uh, we're starting to run out of it. So why don't you take a couple minutes, tell us how people can get in touch with you, how you can help them, and about your books and whatever you want to talk about. Well, what I get asked about a lot now is where did you go? You used to be for 10 years, you were on Facebook under Sean Whittington Seminarian. Well, it got hacked and that profile just got deactivated and disappeared off the planet. So I can be found now on Facebook as Lawrence Morice, L-A-W-R-E-N-C-E, Morice, M-O-R-A-C-E. Sean Patrick Whittington in parentheses is right after that name. And that's a stage name I used many years ago for another show that I was almost on, but everybody on that was going to be on that show came under demonic attack and they had to cancel the show. Um, everybody asks about the show. Uh, Eli Roth presents Legion of Exorcist. It uh, is still streaming on discovery plus and max. And you can buy the whole season one for like $10, I think, at Amazon Prime Video. Uh, season two is officially in the pending status because of the strike. It hasn't been greenlit, but it also hasn't been canceled. So we don't know if there'll be a season two. Um, we're keeping our fingers crossed because there's a lot more stories to tell and messages about the glory of God to, to get out there uh, and how great he is over this evil that's uncontrollable cancer in our in our society and our in mankind right now so that's the story of the show my website www.ghost-b-gone.biz both my books are there god ghost in the paranormal ministry 1 god ghost in the paranormal ministry 2 and part of the proceeds of every sale of every copy of my books goes to support stjude.org st jude's children's research hospital nevada and the aspca so you get to help some of the neediest children on the planet and the animals too there's a uh, my courses on the website sean whittington's introduction to spiritual warfare course it's a college level course online that you can take uh, through me if uh, if you feel a calling to that and um what else? I, I think that's my story. Well, thank you so much. It's a great story, Colin. <laughs> oh, and uh, Danny Thomas just said thank you for what you do for St. Jude. Very, very cool. Very, very oh. cool. Okay, Sean, thank you so much. Always appreciate having you. I love you both. God bless you both. You guys have been on my prayer list and will always be thank on you. there. And you've got candles burning for the both of you as we speak. 
I love you both so much, and I'm so glad you guys are doing better, especially you, Barry. And anytime you need me back, and I got to get you guys on my show. Okay, very good. We'll talk to you later. All right, folks, thank God you so you, much. Sean. Sean is a miracle to have with us. So next week, we're going to j- discuss the role of angels in your life. We're going to speak with Azrael, the angel that assists time of passing, Raphael, the angel of healing, and Michael, the angel of protection. We're going to try to show you just how involved these angels are. Uh, and this is a good time to throw in my quick commercial. My 10th book, Modern Messages of the Archangels, is available on Amazon or on my website, barrystrom.com. We currently have 10 books listed up on Amazon. Hopefully, you might take time to check them out. And I'd like to thank all of you for joining us on the Voice America Variety Radio Network today. Please tell your friends about our show. As I've said once or twice before, word of mouth is the best advertising. If you'd like to see more of our channelings, we've got about 520 of them on Barry's YouTube channel in his name, Barry Strong. So I hope you all have a wonderful week. God bless you all. So thank you so much. for This was a special show today. I once again want to thank Sean Whittington. If you need his help, he's always there for you. Yeah, can't ask for much more than that. So anyway, thank you so much for listening. Please join us on Tuesday mornings. We're on at 9 a.m. Pacific time, and we're on the Voice America Variety Network. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Spirit Speak, exploring the afterlife with Connie and Barry Strom. Tune in next week for another informative and inspiring episode on the Voice America Variety Channel at 9 a.m. Pacific Time.